Good afternoon and welcome to the Telcom Corner Cafe podcast. I am your host, Sean Sheedy, and I am back to talk with you about some more things. And we've been talking so far about different types of cables commonly used in the industry. And I was thinking there might be some people that are wondering why we haven't really gotten into the molecular or material level of fiber itself or the theoretical side of the industry. And I think, at least for the years that I've been in this industry and the conversations that I've had with such a variety of people, the years of training that I've done, things like that, I think has shown me something. And that is, that is a little too heavy of a topic to just start off with and start just throwing at people. So we're going to, instead of beginning with and covering things like that. We're going to get into the issues like that in the testing chapters. How it affects equipments, how it affects application performance, what differences materials make, why different types of fibers and how they're designed make a difference in applications, what they've been specifically designed for, things like that. So we're going to kind of come back around to that as quite honestly, everything does in the industry. But we're going to get into that from an application and test equipment impact perspective rather than just a theoretical, scientific, or material perspective. And the reason for that is I think it's more applicable and more helpful and more useful information at that point to the field level personnel, which this podcast is designed for. Not that anybody else can't join, not that anybody else wasn't included in my initial thoughts of who might listen, but the application people are going to be primarily probably most of the people that tune in. So, with that said, let's get into some different types of connective components. Since we've talked about the cable, as it's the main fundamental component of every system, what happens to it at that point? How does it become actively operational? What do we have to do to it to make it connected to something so that it can actually transmit light? And in most cases, that means putting some type of connection on the end of that fiber. Now, in the world of single mode, that has been traditionally pigtail splicing. Why? Well, single mode systems traditionally use laser light sources. And lasers, again, very fundamentally for the moment, are very, very much affected by reflectivity. Single mode systems do not like reflectivity. Single mode systems do not react well to it, operate well with it as part of a system that has any more than a very, very minimal trace amount as it can cause all kinds of issues such as coherent light interference, collision and detections, channel separation issues, all those fun things that we'll get into in later on episodes. In the world of multi-mode, it's very common to terminate by hand your optical strand of glass. Now, one time that used to be predominantly a hand-polished connector. Things have moved on. You now have a variety of what's been called as mechanical or pre-polished connectors. There are pluses and minuses to both. In the world of hand polishing, generally when that was commonly done in the industry, there was a two-part or oven cure epoxy that was used for the longest time. And from a durability strength perspective, nothing ever did and nothing ever will outperform that. It creates a bond and strength that no other option can or has even come close to. That's been that process's main advantage. Disadvantage to hand polishing connectors, inconsistency in polishing practices. And that could be a number of things. That could be somebody is too heavy handed. That could be the wrong type of connector was chosen. That could be just 
incorrect materials such as lapping films or maybe more commonly known as polishing papers were used and were too aggressive either took the polish down too quickly creating some type of undercutting or overscoring or left deep scratches which though would cause reflectivity that certainly a single mode system would have a problem with very very rare that hand polishing is ever done in a single mode system back in the early 80s and things yes there were some voice applications because as most people probably discovered at some point in their lives you could actually talk over two or through two styrofoam cups with fishing line in between them so voice doesn't take exactly the most high-end installation practices to make that happen data rates and video however that's a different story that we'll get into later but with the multi-mode fiber hand polishes were acceptable over time, speed became the issue. Strands of glass within cables continued to grow. Just like we've been talking about in our first two episodes, there was a time when a 24 or 48 strand, even a 72 strand cable, oh my God, that cable is enormous. It's huge. Now you have not only everything up to 432 count traditional cables in the outside plant, you have several hundred strand cable options and in inside plant cables. And then when you start getting into things like traditional thermal ribbon or rollable ribbon, we can go all the way in a thermal ribbon up to 3,456 strands or in a rollable collapsible or what AFL has designed spider web ribbon cable all the way up to 6,912 strands. So obviously the size of cables has grown drastically as well. So speed became an issue. Not a lot of common termination with ribbon cable. That's normally a splicing environment. Also utilizes things like mtp and mto connectors that we'll get into here either in later in this episode or the next episodes but in the high count cables hand polishing fibers led to both consistency and speed related or time consumption issues if you will as far as how quickly that could be done so mechanical connectors became really really popular and there's a number of different types out there there's one of the originals of course corning unicam connectors took off like a blinding fire i mean just took hold very quickly you also have afl's fast connects they too took off very quickly those are probably the some of the most commonly known mechanical or pre-polished connectors and there's a ton of other ones by 3m by belden lots of different connector manufacturers all of which are very very finely manufactured products that being said there are just like you had concerns with hand polishing connectors as far as consistencies and polishing practices and all the reflectivity and a new topic we haven't talked about that we'll certainly get into more in the testing uh, discussions when we get to those episodes is loss and just to kind of backtrack here for a second copper has a very long list of things that you test for many things that the system can be affected by the big three in fiber are loss reflectivity and dispersion and connectors are probably the biggest single cause of reflectivity and loss in systems and if you think about it optical splitters which are kind of like a connector on steroids and the reason i use that type of description for it is you can have everything from a tiny little one by two all the way up to now things like one by 1024 splitters that they now have available think of how much reflectivity and loss you could get from 1024 connector end faces but where you have all of those problems that could be caused by inconsistencies of installation quality in the world of the mechanical or pre-polished connectors some people have referred to those as craft-free sensitive technologies that's both true and false 
good. You don't have to polish them. You don't have to worry about epoxies. You don't have to worry about lapping films. You don't have to have hand scribe skills and things like that. But you better know how to cleave really well. And that is not the fault of the manufacturers of these products. That is the fault of somebody who either hasn't been trained, shown properly, or understands how these connectors actually work. Basically, pre-polished connectors or mechanical connectors are basically a splice. They have a connector on one side. It's been completely factory polished, should be of the highest quality, most consistent polish grade you can get. On the inside of that connector is a very quality cleaved fiber, but it's a cleaved fiber that your cleaved fiber has to mate up with exactly. And when I say exactly, it's for two reasons. One, you can't slap the cleave tool and crush the fiber. You can't have a shorter cleave than you're supposed to because now you have an air gap between the two of them. And if you have an air gap between the two of them, guess what you're not making? Contact. How's the light going to transfer from one to the other? You're going to have high loss, not in the polish, but behind the polish, in the splice, inside the connector. The manufacturers have even gone to the extent of providing them and loading them with index matching gel to help reduce the reflectivity of those two pieces of fiber making contact inside that connector. But we as the installers still have to splice them properly, angularity-wise, not having an extreme angle, so you got kind of some weird offset or non-flushed fiber-to-fiber fit inside the connector, and to ensure that they're the same length. Because if they're not, you can put them on all day, you're going to have a very high failure rate. And again, that's not the fault of the manufacturers, that's poor installation practices. So with these connectors, if you didn't like all the polishing side of things, you didn't like using epoxies and things like that, you fall in love with them instantaneously. They're a great connector. But they can have problems because of poor installation as well. So now, as for different types of connectors, there is a plethora of connector types. And we may reference some of the older style ones as we talk more and more about connectors in, in next episodes and things like that. For now, we're going to keep it to the four basic ones that are most commonly seen in the marketplaces. These marketplaces will be things like traditional inside plant, traditional outside plant, telcos, which always do things a little bit differently and hold on to products a lot longer in use than most other commercial applications do because of their size, because of the mammoth realignment or replacement that it would require to make random changes. Telcos don't generally do that. Telcos usually have too much writing on it if they're already connected as far as massive amounts of information that are being transferred or it would just be too expensive to the budget to sit there and go, well, today we're going to replace all this older style connector with this brand new one. So those four common connector styles that we're going to mention here are the FC, depending on who you talk to, stands for fiber connector or fiber channel. If you're in the world of the distributors, you might have heard the term Frank Charlie. You have the ST connector. Actually stands for straight tip. It was an AT&T design. There is a version one and two of those. Some people like to call that a stab and twist. Some people like to call that a stick and twist. Again, the distributor world likes to call that a Sam Tom. But the actual name of the FC is fiber connector, and the actual name of the ST is straight tip. That brought us to the SC, which stands for subscriber connector and was developed by the European Consortium in the 90s. Once again, it has its multiple nicknames out there. Sam Charlie is who you hear about from the distributors, as they like to call it that. You also have stick and click is, is another term that people like to use out there. Square connector is another one you've heard people use about that. That became or began the plug and play world and era in the industry. It literally slides in and out with a sleeve design 
that allows it to be plugged in and click into place or would that same sleeve pull on it and that is the release lever if you will or release portion of the design that allows you to pull the connector out so don't ever forget to put the sleeve on an s an sc so don't ever forget to put the sleeve on or don't ever plug one in that's come to you in that particular design without a sleeve because getting it out of there is really really interesting without causing some damage and of course, probably one of the most common ones, certainly which has made a bigger impact in the single mode world is the LC, but is also finding its way in a much more methodical, slower manner in the multi-mode world. But the reason that it's made its way so impactful and to such a great extent right off the bat in the single mode world is for security. It was the first connector where like the FC that was loved and lauded by the single mode world forever because it was a thread down sleeve. There was no oops. It slipped off the pins of an ST style connector. Oh, I didn't see it completely like one can potentially do with an SC connector. It locked into place. It was keyed just like all these connectors are that we're currently talking about and it threaded down. So you wanted it on, you threaded it down, you wanted it off. Someone took it off on purpose. It had to be done that way because of the locking mechanism. And the telco world and the single mode world really loved that connector from a security perspective. The two biggest driving factors that caused them to migrate from that to the LC connector, which we'll get to what that stands for here in a second because it's kind of a unique scenario for that connector, is it was the first one that offered similar security. It has a clip style on the top of it that without being completely engaged does not operate well or at all has very high loss. The other issue with the LC connector that made it such a heavy success to begin with was the electronic manufacturers were looking for a connector that would allow them to reduce the size of what they were building component wise drastically, i.e. GBIC cards, SFPs, XFPs. All the new microelectronics needed a smaller footprint connector. The LC connector met all of that and provided the security that the single mode market was used to and required. Now, as far as what does LC stand for, you've heard things undoubtedly like little connector. Again, back to the distribution world, Larry Charlie, which you kind of have taken note that they kind of like putting Charlie with all the connectors kind of gives them a consistency and it's easier for them to remember. It actually doesn't stand officially for anything. A lot of people call it Lucent connector because Norman Lacombe, the original engineer at Lucent Technologies was actually the primary designer of it but it never actually got a real acronym name. So a lot of people just call it Lucent Connector because it was developed by Lucent Technologies. And if security is really at the top of your list and performance as well as trying to mitigate or eliminate the potential for things to be plugged into improper ports and things like that, there is a next generation of the LC Connector which was largely endorsed in the government world and high security clearance worlds that literally have carved out designs to them that only plug in with an exact replicating made of that. Not meaning just feral to feral and the small square body of an LC. There's actually a cutout internally, which could be a triangular shape, a heart shape. You name the shape, it only plugs in with and properly connects with another specifically designed one of a matched design. So you could take things like security to extremes that you really haven't had options before. 
So that wraps up episode three of the Telcom Corner Cafe podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this session. We'll be back with episode four next month and we'll continue on with our discussions about connectors, different types of connectivity options, different types of applications for them, different types of environments that many have been designed for, though many are widely used in a multitude of applications. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Sean Sheedy, and I look forward to coming back with episode four next month. Thanks again.